This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're talking about birth and the power of women in episode number 182. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hey, it's Kristen, and I am excited to be here today talking to you about pregnancy, birth, women's power, and how pregnancy and birth offer a pretty awesome opportunity for you to find your power and bring that to the forefront. I realize that today, particularly right now as I'm recording this, we are in a political climate with a lot of emotion and a lot of tension about a lot of different issues that center around women or what one perceives a woman as or what one believes about biological reality or women's rights or anything like that. And I I want to acknowledge that that's in the air, but I want to talk about this. I realize I can't talk about anything in a vacuum, but I want to talk about this and set aside those other issues and those other debates for a little bit because I don't want to start a political debate, at least not in this podcast episode, maybe in a future one. But really and truly, I believe that women are unique. Women are special. Uh, I mean, I think that men are pretty cool. Men, you know, men have their own power and their own gifts. Um, But I do feel like men and women are distinct and that women bring something with them and within them that is pretty incredible. Women have power and presence and abilities that are different than men. And... I think that's really awesome, and I think it's important for us to talk about that and to honor that. I think that we need to honor that for ourselves, for our daughters, for our granddaughters, but, you know, taking two steps back, I think we need to, we, you know, we need to honor it for ourselves, because I think that so many women don't truly value themselves or their own power from within, or, or they think that power comes from controlling certain situations when just being a woman and stepping into motherhood and birthing can bring a lot of innate power to the surface that you didn't realize that you had. And I know there are women who can't have babies, and I respect and love that. But I think that if you have the gift of being able to have a child, there is a lot to find in that journey. And I want to touch on that some today. I'm, I mean, when I think about me, I'm, I've said it before, I'm really quite analytical. I was a tomboy. It took me a long time to embrace any essence of femininity there was in me. I still love gadgets. I love computers. I, I absolutely love my, my van that I got. A few months ago, I read my van's manual for fun. (laughs) I love cars. So I, you know, when I look at me, I'm, I definitely still feel a lot like the tomboy that I was when I was a kid. But my power and strength have come from my babies. There was, you know, stubbornness there when I was a kid. But what has honed that into tenacity and wisdom and just sheer strength has been my pregnancies and births with my babies. And 
I know that not every woman experiences pregnancy or birth like I did, but I think sometimes people have the misconception, oh, Kristen, you run a website, you've had eight natural births, eight home births to boot, and they assume that those things were easy for me or that somehow I was special. But the reality is it was really difficult. I fell pregnant with my first child when I was a teenager. And I had my first three babies in a relationship that wasn't really a stable one. I've had a baby that I carried that I didn't want to be pregnant with. And I struggled a lot throughout that pregnancy. And I've had, you know, physical aches and pains, all of that. Uh, I've had births that had challenging moments in them, even though I would say that ultimately all of my births were triumphant. And I would say that ultimately all of my pregnancies were good. They were really challenging experiences for me on a lot of levels that required growth, required strength. And that's one of the reasons why I believe that this process is so profound. It's because pregnancy and birth and bringing babies forward and mothering and all of that hasn't been a walk in the park for me. It hasn't been super easy for me. And even before, you know, the stuff that went down four years ago that left me a single mom who still has challenges every day, there were challenges to pregnancy, birth, and mothering. I mean, my first three babies were born in abject poverty. And that brought its own tensions. So I'm not a stranger to the challenges that come with pregnancy and birth. And I think that that causes me to appreciate more what those experiences have done for me and what leads me to believe that pregnancy and birth are experiences that offer a lot to any woman who is pregnant and gives birth to a child, to any woman who carries a child. It's just, it's incredible. What I think that we see is that medicalized childbirth and really medicalized pregnancy strip women of power and autonomy. It it strips women, it silences women's strengths. It's, you know, and I think that that's something that's so profound and important to understand is when we look at the standard prenatal care and birth routine today, and this does get back into the politics of childbirth, which I've talked about on other podcast episodes and on my website and in videos and that sort of thing, but we have this relationship that's almost a parent-child relationship, and this is true in many branches of medicine. I'm pretty sure I've observed that before, where the doctor is, is the authority figure, and they're the person in charge, and they're the savior, and they're the ones, the one who's going to fix anything that goes wrong. And, and so with prenatal care, even though logically, again, there's that logic, it doesn't make sense. You're going to go, I, I know I've talked about this on another podcast episode, you're going to go to a handful of prenatal appointments with your doctor or your midwife, you know, let's say 20 across the course of your pregnancy, but you're going to be pregnant for 280 some days. <laughs> That's That's an infinitesimally small fraction of the time that you're pregnant, that you're quote-unquote getting prenatal care. And I do believe that prenatal care can be life-saving and important, especially when it's good prenatal care, like you might get with a midwife who uses the midwifery model of care. But, 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 huge, B-U-T, but 
you're the one who's taking care of yourself the rest of those days. Yet somehow we've made it seem like the person who is handling the pregnancy, so to speak, the person who is going to be the savior and the one who maintains everything and makes sure that there's a quote-unquote good outcome, whatever that means, is the doctor or the midwife. And so a mother's power is reduced. And, and even in appointments, there's often talking down to women, especially when there's something that comes up like gestational diabetes or the possibility of a suspected problem with the baby or something. Women really get talked down to. And then when we think about birth, you know, you're, you're sat in a bed or you're laid back in a bed and have this belt strapped around you and and a machine is what becomes the savior. A machine becomes the focus. A lot of midwives and mothers and um, people who write about birth have written about the fact that the fetal monitor is what becomes the focus. The focus is no longer the mother. The focus is like the belly and the contractions and the monitor. And this woman, this person, this you that's there isn't the focus anymore. And, you know, you're trapped, you're strapped, you're stuck in the bed. And your ability to move and do things and and just be an active participant in the birth are taken away. I mean, the baby is quote-unquote delivered. The woman doesn't give birth or she's not birthing. We don't even call them birthing rooms anymore, really. It's just the maternity ward and the delivery suite. And all of that language reflects the lens through which we view childbirth. And a woman is stripped of her power and her autonomy because she's just a cog in the wheel. And you're just going through the motions and you're kind of waiting to be delivered and to have the baby delivered to you. And all of that, I mean, we have to think about all of that and the profound impact that that has on us as women and the possibility that a different approach could have a different outcome on women and their power and their confidence. And it doesn't mean that if you have good births that the rest of your life is going to be a walk in the park. I know that mine has not been a walk in the park. One of my older kids is struggling and for his birthday I, I gave him a poem um, from Langston Hughes called A Mother to, to Son and I'll write that down so I can link you to it. But the mom talks about, you know, my life ain't been no crystal stair, but I'm still climbing. And so basically she's telling her son, keep climbing, son, keep climbing. And that's the reality for me, too. Like, even though I've had good pregnancies and good births that had their challenges, but ultimately I would say were awesome and triumphant, it doesn't mean that life is going to be perfect or wonderful or that family is going to be perfect or wonderful or that you're going to have some magical flawless relationship with your child or with your significant other or anything like that. But it does mean that you can look back on that experience and that you can draw from some of that autonomy. And you can look back at the growth that you've done because you've looked at that experience through a different lens. And that's that's part of what I really want to talk about, really. Um, Like our, our power as women, it tends to be relational It comes from the nurturing that we give. I think I touched on this a bit in the last podcast episode when I was talking about women default to nurturing sometimes at the expense of of ourselves. And it, it comes from that and it comes from these mama bear instincts that we have. 
it's it's a power that comes from within us and from from a level of self-exploration that we do when we look at ourselves and, and first start with our worth, I've really underscored that in a lot of episodes lately, is when you start from the fundamental belief that you're worthy and that you have strength, then you can do the work that it takes to get through the junk, so to speak, all of the thoughts and the what-ifs and the worries and the concerns across the course of your pregnancy. That self-exploration, it, it, it leads to strength. It leads to belief in yourself. Pregnancy and birth need to be about that. Pregnancy and birth, that strength, it comes from digging deep. It comes from listening to your instincts. It comes from honing your instincts. It comes from understanding what is important to you. And all of this takes soul searching, right? First of all, digging deep can bring up tough stuff. It can bring up bad memories. It can bring up times that we felt powerless. I mean, trigger is the word that we use for that today. It can be triggering. But when you have beliefs and things like that that come up, you can rewrite them. Beliefs about pregnancy and birth, for sure. But even just beliefs about yourself or your strength or your power. Like a lot of women come into birth thinking, I don't handle pain well, I'm a wimp. And and then the saddest thing about that is they have other people underscore that, which I think is criminal and I don't use that word lightly but so it's it's part of that what is coming up for me what anxieties and worries are coming up for a lot of women it's will I be a good mother can I be a good mother and some of that is based on the mothering that we received or we didn't receive and and we have mistakes that come up like oh my gosh I made mistakes like for me I was a bit of a headstrong teenager I made a lot of bad choices. I've gone back and apologized to my parents for those bad choices. And so when I got pregnant as a teen, a lot of people thought, oh, you know, Kristen choosing a natural birth or a home birth or whatever, or even to have this baby is making a bad choice. And I had to deal with that kind of stuff too. And in my in my teenage bullheadedness, I kind of just ran headlong through it. The same way that I handled many teenage problems, you know, in that hubris that only youth can give you. Where you know that you know everything. And now that's tempered by a bit of wisdom. But I am grateful for that. I'm grateful that I had a midwife who believed in me as well. Because that was greatly helpful. And she encouraged me to do some soul searching and some exploration, and especially by the time I had my my second baby, which was right on the heels of my first, and they're 19 months apart, I definitely was doing some more soul-searching and exploration and journaling for myself on a deep level. And then, you know, that's just continued across the years because as I was, you know, I was chatting with, um, with a young woman recently about how children grow up feeling... Like they're, you know, they feel insecure and they may feel neglected or rejected and struggle with that. And I was telling her that, you know, I respect that kids grow up in homes, situations that aren't the best and that it can be really difficult. Partially because I grew up in a home situation that while on the outside it might have looked good, like so many of you have probably experienced, behind closed doors things were tough. And... But also, I was giving her the perspective that as I, you know, as I'm recording this, I'm 40 this year. So 
I'm also coming from the perspective of realizing that I still struggle with some of those same things today. I've had difficult things happen in my life. I struggle with rejection or am I doing the right thing or am I, you know, am I going to be rejected again? And sometimes it's difficult as an adult because you worry about that in regards to your children, but also other relationships. Uh, But I was telling her that even with all those challenges, I'm still profoundly grateful for the chance to work through that stuff and to grow and to keep going and to have what can be a happy life and to be able to do things like have fun for myself. My kids and I went to the beach and watched an air show yesterday and that was a lot of fun and I'm reading a book that's a fiction book that's just kind of frivolous and fun and um, and then I'm also grateful for the opportunity to serve women uh, as I'm, you know, get to serve you through this podcast that I'm currently rambling my way through. So all of that is to say that my ability to to do some introspection and to do some growth and to welcome that growth and even to welcome that challenging stuff, that stuff has come and been honed for me through pregnancy and birth. And I realize that people hone that in different ways. They have different spiritual practices. They go on vision quests and especially dudes climb to the top of mountains and do meditations and all that stuff. And one of the things that I've always laughed about is I feel grateful that as women, we get this built-in experience that helps bring us an opportunity for incredible growth. No need to climb mountains or go on crazy dangerous treks across the wilderness to do so. Now, if you if you want to do that, please do that, ladies. But pregnancy and birth just bring this opportunity to wrestle with these things that have happened to us, our hopes and dreams, our fears, um, to wrestle with our beliefs and and to create new beliefs. I really like that thought of, you know, there are many beliefs out there that are available to us, but the beliefs that we hold, and I'm not talking in a religious sense at all here, ladies. I know that's the connotation with belief, but I'm talking about like with beliefs about yourself or beliefs about your story. Like I could say, you know, the fact that I was a rebellious and idiotic, stubborn teenager means that I still make stubborn, you know, that I'm stubborn and and stupid and headstrong and I don't think through things. That's a belief that's available to me, but it's not the only belief that's available to me. I could also adopt the belief that I'm analytical. I'm careful to consider things. Today, I have the wisdom to seek a lot of different advisors. I have tenacity, not stubbornness, and that has served me well. And so do you see how I took similar qualities and looked at how those qualities can be viewed differently? And also I can look at the fact that, yeah, back then I made some poor choices, but today I'm older, I'm wiser. Um, I seek more opinions and advice than I did then. And, And my tenacity, sometimes I still choose to march to my own drummer and it still serves me well. And sometimes I make mistakes, but so does everybody. So that those are beliefs. There are many different beliefs that you can have. And pregnancy gives you a chance to look at those beliefs. Because pregnancy asks you to make a lot of decisions and a lot of choices. You're about to raise another human being. And that can cause you to do introspection and evaluation and weighing your values and who you are and what you want and the life that you want to create for this child and for yourself in ways that are unprecedented in other areas of our life. So it really is a huge, huge gift for us. So we dig deep and we start to listen to our instincts, perhaps on ways that we haven't before. Because again, all of a sudden, another person's life is at stake here. Another person's world 
is being created. And of course, your child is going to grow up and realize some of the same things you are now, that they make their life and they make their experiences and all of that. But you know that you have a profound impact on that and a profound opportunity. So you're doing this introspection and this thinking and in in between thinking about simple choices like what type of diapers do I want to get or what you know baby carrier is the best baby carrier for me, you're also going to be thinking about other things like what atmosphere do I want to bring my child into? What do I want this birth to be like? Why does birth matter? Why does life matter? I mean, we sometimes we think about really big questions like that. So this is a great time to do that and to start honoring yourself and to say, when I take care of me, I take care of my child. So I need to take care of me. And you start honoring those instincts. You've heard me say it before and I'll say it again. If you feel unsure of how to listen to yourself and honor your instincts, start really small. Go pee when you need to pee and get a drink of water when you're thirsty. Those are the two simplest ways to start. And then listen to yourself the rest of the day. Is your tummy grumbling? Does something sound good to you or doesn't sound good to you? And thinking those things through. Thinking about how you can relax and and just let go and rest. How you can weigh other people's needs with your own. Those are little things that you can start thinking about. Another great opportunity that pregnancy and birth give you is to, as you do this introspection, you start to figure out what's important to you and what you want. And then you can start to find your voice. The previous episode where I talked about communicating your needs is a good episode to go back and listen to if you're not sure about your voice. Because I want you to find your voice. And I want you to speak that. That is a huge, huge part of of stepping into your power. Is realizing that you can find that voice. And you can speak that voice. And that you can know at the core of your being what is right. And what brings you life. And what, what gives your baby the best start. You know, what things are going to do the most for you and for your child and you can speak those things and you can start to believe in your wisdom and that's a core part of finding your voice is believing in your wisdom and in your instincts and in your research and in your analysis and and just what feels right to you, you as an entire whole person, logical, emotional, analytical, what feels right to your heart, your spirit, your brain, everything comes together and allows you to bring that voice forward and you can trust that 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 I that I was just talking about that totality of you has what is best for your baby. I mean, there are times throughout parenting and stuff that you'll realize, "Oh, you know, I made the wrong choice and I need to go back and do do it differently." Or you're going to lose your temper or whatever. But what I'm talking about is at the core, you trust yourself and you also give yourself grace when new information comes or you get to know your child well or you learn about things that you didn't know about before and you want to incorporate those into your parenting. You know, those things are going to come as well. And you give yourself grace. Um, give yourself grace in those in those moments. But also trust. Trust that your instinct and your wisdom and your analysis and your consideration and your heart are a good thing to follow and are good for your baby. That's part of the strength that pregnancy and birth gives you, that ability to start trusting in yourself. Then, of course, you're going to go into birth. And birth is incredible. 
It is an incredible time. And I know that is not what our society says. Our society says that it's going to be terrible or agonizing or whatever. It's just something to get through. It's something you want to be delivered from, blah, 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 blah. You know, oh my gosh, thank God for the epidural, honey. But I, it's so interesting to me to be running the Facebook group. And I'll, I'll put that in the notes if you're not a member of the Facebook group. But it's so interesting to me to be running the Facebook group and to be doing mama baby birthing classes because I end up talking to women through the group or women who enroll in the online classes who have had babies, a baby, babies, mini babies with an epidural and a standard standard thing. And, and they realize that there's just something missing. There's something that they want there that they didn't get, even if they had good births. You know, even though they had good, what what we would consider a good birth. And it's just, there's something there in the work of pregnancy and birth. And especially in that work of birth, that intensity of birth, that is incredible. And it calls on you to pull forth so much and to have so much strength and grace and beauty. It's it's interesting to me because I, th- I think about a one-on-one client that I was working with recently. She had her baby a couple months ago. And I think about one of the births that I've assisted at. Like in those births, both of those births, the moms got sick, you know, they threw up. And in both of those births, the moms really felt like they were putting forth their all. And they probably would not characterize themselves this way. But when I think about those births, I think about their grace and their beauty and their strength and their power, but especially that grace and that beauty that came through in that power. With the birth that I assisted at, like, you know, I'm the one sitting there holding the bucket for her and helping her clean up. And and then just a few minutes later, like, I can remember seeing her starting to push her baby out and, like, the, the strength and the power that were palpable in the room and that, like, I could feel radiating off of her. If you've ever seen that photography that, you know, that catches like heat and power in the photographs, you know, they'll, they'll do like a picture of people kissing and you can see their red around their mouths and stuff because it shows like where the blood flow is and it kind of shows like the center of power. Like I think about if, if, if one had taken a picture of that woman while she was birthing her baby at that moment, like you would have literally seen the waves of power emanating from her body, just incredibly so. And, and with my client, I wasn't there because she was, you know, she was a distance from me, but she called on the phone a few times during labor and just listening to her, you know, while her husband's holding the phone and she's working through those rushes, just... I could hear that grace and that power and that beauty and that strength. It was it was incredible to me. You know, I felt honored. I felt honored at every single birth that I've assisted at and honored with every single student that I've assisted, honored with every one-on-one client that I've worked with. But, you know, it's just, it's incredible to listen to a woman's strength and power as she goes into that place, as you go into that place where you're probably going to have to pull on everything that you have. When I think back to my births, you know, even having eight babies and by the time Phoenix came along, you know, there was an an element of routine to it. I had a labor pattern that was pretty typical, but the leading up to his birth, first of all, that caused me to pull on strength because it was a bit different than the other babies. 
I experienced things that I hadn't experienced in a few babies, including going a week overdue, which I was not expecting. But even during birthing him, you know, there were unique experiences and times that I had to draw on my own power and that I had to trust what I wanted and what I felt was right. And I had to listen to myself and just pull on my power and trust myself and know that I could relax into that and do that. So even when you've had a bunch of babies, you know, there's still change. There's still growth. There's still things to find. It's just so beautiful to see that power. And it's it's embodied within birthing women. Like this ability to explore, to grow, to change, to become better. This ability to find your strength, to pull on it, to, to, to hit the wall, so to speak, in your birthing time. And then to come back. And even if you need somebody's help, remember what I said a few minutes ago. Like one of the things that I do now that I didn't do when I was a stubborn teenager uh, is I consult people who have wisdom like I may have consulted people when I was a teenager but they were probably my own age so their wisdom might be suspect but you know today I I lean on other people for help on a level and as a single mom you kind of have to but you know I, I pull on others strength and in birthing times you know it may be your partner or your midwife or your labor and delivery nurse or even your OB or a friend your doula your mom it could be that you're pulling on somebody else's strength or your strength is being supported by somebody else. It could be that you hit the wall and that other person comes in and is an encouragement and makes a difference. And to me, that's beautiful too. Because that shows you that even when you hit the wall, you can get it back. And that shows you that other people's wisdom can help you. So you don't, this doesn't have to be a solitary thing and end unto itself, though I do believe that a lot of the exploration and the inner journey of pregnancy and even labor and birth can be a solitary thing where you're wrestling with yourself and pulling up on yourself. But certainly there is support there and there is beauty in that too. And realizing that even when you think that you're at your limit, you will be supported. And like, you know, resting in that belief that even when I think I've hit my limit, I am supported. That's an awesome belief to have, to carry forward with you. Even when I'm not sure, there's wisdom from others. Like like in the Facebook group, wisdom from other moms, or I'll have moms message me on Facebook. And, you know, they're like, I'm just grateful for your perspective and your thoughts, Kristen. So, again, there's, you know, there's wisdom that can be had and that can be found and that can be pulled and and cultivated as you move forward. And you walk forward from the experience of pregnancy and birth with so much, with so much added to you, so much ability to explore yourself and to examine those fears and also with that strength that you didn't know that you had, strength that you may have found to speak up for yourself during pregnancy, strength that you had to speak up for yourself during your birthing time, strength that you had to work your way through the intensity of that birthing time and bring your baby up into your arms. That is strength that will serve you well as you advocate for your baby, for your children, for your family, for yourself, and especially as you work on finding that strength and resting it on the core belief that you are valuable 
and that you are strong, that this is within you, will really help you as you go forward as a mother and as a human being in this world where you get to advocate for yourself to have what you need. You get to contribute and do so much. It's really quite, quite a beautiful thing to walk forward with all of that, that uh, revelation perhaps of power and strength that you didn't know that you had revelation that you can grow and change and be prepared for something really intense. Just, it's a beautiful thing. I I want you to have the birth that you want to have. I know women make different birth choices. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably thinking of having a natural birth. But have the birth that you want to have on the parameters that you want to have. But I just want to challenge you to consider this, this power and this beauty of preparing intentionally through pregnancy for this kind of birth. The power and beauty of receiving your child into your own hands, of of lying back and breathing with this little person on your chest, knowing that you did this, that you co-created this baby, that you created this experience, that you have co-created yourself into something more than perhaps you were before. Greater awareness, greater wisdom, greater ability to listen to yourself, greater belief in your worth, and most certainly, greater strength that you will carry forward as you move throughout your mothering career and throughout your journey on this planet. So just think about that. And if it resonates with you, embrace that. Embrace this journey. Embrace the gifts and the beauty that come with pregnancy and birth that we as a society just don't talk about, but they're there. I I want you to experience that and feel that and walk forward with that strength in you like a flame that just cannot be extinguished. And I just, I guess I'll end with that. I'll give you blessings this week as you ponder on that. I will talk to you next week. If you want more from me, check out TrustBirth101.com. You can sign up to be on the newsletter list there. And I'll put information about the group and Mama Baby Birthing in the show notes for you to check out there. So with that, take care and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com visit www.birthbabylife.com